What's up, Punkadelophiles? You're very welcome to a special midweek edition of the Punkadelic Podcast. This is by far the silliest idea for an episode that I've actually put into production so far. So um, let's fucking go. This is going to be a good one. If you have been listening for a while, first and foremost, thank you so much. I'm fucking delighted to hear it. Hopefully you've been enjoying it. Hopefully you've been learning a thing or two along the way. Maybe, I don't know, but probably not learning anything but one or two cheap laughs i'm sure at me with me whatever thanks for fucking tuning in um there's uh, there's a podcast without you but uh, it's not much of a one so um i've been appreciating any and all feedback that's been coming my way um except chris dorans who said that he thought pacific rim was shite and i just thought well i think you're shite now so your move doran your move Pacific Rim, very big, very silly movie, and this is going to be a very big, very silly podcast episode. If you've been listening from the start, as I say, thank you, but um, you'll remember that episode two was a game book episode where I sat down with a choose-your-own-adventure book and uh, read through it, trying to trying to get to the end, um, and that wound up being a good crack for me, certainly, and uh, a few people have said that that's one of their favourite episodes so far, so for this one, we're not going right back to You Are a Cat in the Zombie Apocalypse today. What I have is an original Choose Your Own Adventure by Ore Montgomery from the 80s. And this one is Choose Your Own Adventure 12, and it's called War with the Evil Power Master. And it's got a cheese-tastic cover. I'll post it on the Instagram, Punkadelic Podcast. Um, at Punkadelic Podcast, excuse me. So it says here, choose from 30 endings. And the cover's like a spaceship shooting lasers down into like a sun, which seems to be on the verge of exploding. There's a planet just in the background. And then uh, the entire background where like there should be stars is like uh, double exposure. And you can see who I assume is the evil power master. And he looks um, honestly like a less fucked up Emperor Palpatine, but uh, he's got a manic look in his eyes for sure. So there's no blurb on the back. There's just a weird looking flowchart. So this is uh, this book was purchased at Powell's Bookstore, Powell's House of Books, Powell's Book Emporium. I don't know what they like call themselves, call themselves, but it's Powell's Bookshop in Portland, Oregon. And if you've never been and you're a nerd, holy fuck, you gotta go. Oh, if it's still open, it's been struggling. Obviously, a bricks and mortar bookshop has been struggling since the pandemic. But dude, this is one of the greatest places I have ever been in my life. It was five stories, um, I think apparently including a second-hand basement. And I I completely spunked my load on in financial terms in one section of one aisle of the sci-fi section. I went there looking for one thing in particular. Um, I wanted to buy a copy of George R.R. R. Martin's Dying of the Light, which is not available everywhere. So I got down there and I was like, just just having kittens to get to uh, the science fiction fantasy section and find 
George R. R. Morton Stand of the Light. Like so I got there and I was like found it, tracked it down, grabbed it. I was like, fuck, happy days. And then like right at my fingertips, because I was already in Oror Martin's section, it was like all of his old sci-fi that I'd wanted to read for so fucking long. And I just I just bought it all. Spent way more money than I really should have. And I'm not sure, but it might have been sacrifices might have had to be made in terms of eating on the drive home, which was like eight hours. So um the Powell's is just nerdtopia, you wouldn't believe it. Um Bought every George R. R. Martin book that there was and then couldn't help but grab this because I was having such a good time in the kids section just floating around looking at fucking it's just like a weird time machine as well because it has everything so you can like you'd be looking at books that your mum would have been reading and stuff and then like coming like right bang up to date through like what younger brothers and like very young cousins and people friends with young children like what they'll be reading and just like mad but um Powell's bookstore Powell's book cave powell's fucking book warehouse i'm not really not sure what it's called but holy fuck as i said nerd utopia fucking crazy there was dude i got into the marvel comic section for like five seconds and i was like yeah i have to leave i i if i had even started it would have been fucking game on and then i'm i'm so glad that i did too because um i found martin's sci-fi to be so 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 rewarding i'm so happy that i read it um and marvel comics there's no way that they would have given me the same satisfaction although i would have gotten probably between 15 to 17 likes per picture if i had posted them to instagram so i'll have to live with that I'll, i'll have to live with that you know i'll have to try and get those likes some other way um so yeah, just a bit of background on the book. So like the book itself is falling apart. There's pages falling out of it. It's scuffed up. It's fucking not much yellowing to it. But all the rest of the books I bought from Powell's had a, well, not all, excuse me, not that it matters to you, I'm sure. But like some had a really, really nice bit of yellowing. And uh, I don't know, just as a reader and as someone who has to read a hard copy of a book, really to really, really get it and digest it. Um Although I've read some ebooks in the last little while, which I never thought I could do, just like there's something about the the old and the yellow and the mustiness, and just like fuck, this is this is class. Like this is what I'm talking about. So, um, but this is not what I'm talking about in terms of this book because it hasn't gone yellow and it's fucking just falling apart. There's things that are falling out in the middle, and it's not exactly like it's the type of book that you want to get out of order. So, I'm gonna have to take care with reading this today. Um, I'm looking for like a blurb or something that tells me what the backstory to this is, or do we just jump straight in? No kissing, dude. I'm in the I'm in the market for, and uh, I'm just looking at you know it has the uh, the all the list of the other titles in the series on here. I'm in the market for one called um, Freeway Warrior. It's either Freeway Warrior or Freeway Fighter. And it's complicated because there was a book in this series called Freeway Fighter. And it's basically like you're in a Mad Max situation. And it has the added game mechanic on top of, you know, choosing the thing. You have to always get petrol for your car. So if your car runs out of petrol, that's effectively like dying as well. And I just just remember playing that as a youngster. And I was like, fuck, that was good fun. So I'd love to get a hold of that. If anybody has a line on that for me let me know the internet's not really been much help um certainly not at affordable prices anyway obviously it's out there but and also these books just don't work as uh, ebooks i just it's not worth it it would be impossible to podcast with it because it'd just be me yelling at a tablet for an hour and a half and then eventually being like look i'm sorry i gotta go so um 
freeway fighter or freedom fighter. But then the thing is as well, so I'm mixing them up. So if there's free, if it's freeway warrior, then there's a four another series of four game books not related to these, um, but it's the same idea as that freeway fighter, uh, like Mad Max style. But there's is like a four book series, including like I think you need dice and all for those, and it's like a trip across America, east coast to west coast, and you end up in California. So I'd honestly like to get hold of all of those and um, maybe just make it a regular thing. That if I don't have a plan for the the big punkadelic that week. Or if there is one planned, or if I just have time, I can just sit down. Because like I figure the more podcasts I do, the more things that I have to edit and stuff, um, you know, the better for my skills all around, the better for the Punkadelic podcast. Uh, so I might just jump in with a few of these more half-baked ones every now and then. Um, and it's my fucking podcast, so I reserve the right to do that. And if you don't think it's a good idea, then you can go fuck yourself. Um, in the nicest way possible. It's just that, you know, it's my podcast and I'm the voice that matters here. So, yes, if you can help me get those books, I'll be fucking sick. Um, Or any other game books at all. I know that... uh, I can't remember what prompted me to get back into looking for these. But uh, Christmas before last, or maybe the one before that, I got both my friends' uh, game books. And one was, like, Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. Not as a cat, as a human. And the other one was, like for it was for a girl and uh, so it's like sexy date night fucking game book so um i'm gonna see if i can get a land of those um over the next over the next while i'll be seeing those guys on saturday because and they also have my copy of blind boy's second book which i'm fucking roaring for a reread of it was like a little more bleak than the first one i don't know if bleak's the right word and i'm actually just not going to get into reviewing different books right now but um some stories in Blind Boy's second book were very, very haunting and left very real impressions. So I want to get those read again now that enough time has passed. Yeah, so let's get on with the war for the evil power. War with the evil power master. Um, oh, actually, one more production note before we crack on. Uh, I'm going to record this. I'm j- it's just me in the bedroom. No bells or whistles, no soundboard or anything today. And... Uh, I got an AM Audio Oxygen 25 mini synthesizer for Christmas and I shouldn't have, like, it's quite rotten, don't deserve it at all. Uh, but it's a great piece of kit and it's, dude, it's infuriating me. It's just so hard to use. Like, I just, it's 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 difficult to get. There's so much that goes into it and it's not even, like, learning how to play the keys. It's, like, all of the software options and the electronic, the production stuff is a nightmare so the challenge for myself this week is going to be i'm going to record this dry and then i'm going to try and add in like sound effects for fucking lasers and evil power masters and fucking spaceships and whatever and because um i'm probably going to replace some names and things in this with like nuri words just to make crack for myself because like i think your sidekick's name is flipto with no i so f-l-p-p-t-o so it's just like I'm not saying all these words every single time. So it's just like, Flipto, you will now be known as Skeethead. Or, I don't know. We're just going to fucking go with it. Um, so thanks for listening to me fucking ramble for a bit there. And uh, looking forward to seeing you back here for the main Punkadelic podcast, which this week should be Hit'em! Volume 2. Got to get down and look at some fucking data with the UFC and look at it that way. Um, before March, they've got a big month in March. I think there's like five title fights on, so that's going to be an exciting episode. I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to watch those fights. Israel Adesanya. Such a fascinating fucking development in the world of mixed martial arts. Thorn in the side. Thorn at the top of the middleweight division. And uh, 
yeah, it's going to be crazy getting into the X's and O's of that. So, looking forward to producing that. But let's get into War with the Evil Power Master. Beware and warning. This book is different from other books. You and you alone are in charge of what happens in this story. There are dangers, choices, adventures and consequences. You must use all your numerous talents and much of your enormous intelligence. Wow, does this book know me? The wrong decision could end in disaster, even death. But don't despair. At any time, you can go back and make another choice. Alter the path of your story and change its result. The evil power master is back. A communication has just come in that the planets Hamog and Aruth have been destroyed. This time he used his highly focused laser. Next time it could be a shower of missiles or a payoff to some corrupt official. Once he has started, the evil power master won't stop until he runs into you and your trusty Martian mate, Skeethead. Evil Power Master is back, Skeethead, you shout angrily to your Martian friend. He's at it again. Calm down, calm down, Commander. Now, tell me what's happening. Slowly, Skeethead says in his even tone. Getting up from your desk, you hand Skeethead a copy of the message that has just come in from, the, from a remote sector of the vast Lacunian system. The news is grim. Sudden total destruction of planets Hamog and Aruth. Sector 314789. Evil Power Master claims responsibility. You are primary unit commander of the Lacunian System Rapid Force, a position of enormous responsibility for a person of your age. A natural leader, you earned your rank through hard work, courage, and skill. Your colleague and teammate is your colleague and teammate is Skeethead, a Martian of great abilities. Together, you must protect the system from attack by renegade planets and forces. Turn to page two. No way. Could have worked that one out. Not much of a choice there, but... The Lacunian system is composed of several galaxies and thousands of planets. It is the most successful experiment in civilization for both life forms and artificial intelligence. For millennia, it has provided stability and freedom for all its members. A price has been paid for this freedom. It has provoked the anger and envy of those planets denied membership in the system. Some were rejected because they were dying civilizations, field experiments in life. Still other planets were excluded because the Lacunian Congress felt they had greater potential for evil than for good. These evil planets have banded together under the leadership of a negative life force who calls himself the Evil Power Master. They are the renegades against whom you and Skeethead struggle. They are dedicated to the destruction of the Lacunian system. Skeethead looks up from the message in his hand. The Martian's usual self-control is replaced by anger. He crumples the paper in his fist. Did you expect anything else, Commander? We both knew that the evil power master would be back. 
we are sadly familiar with his magical powers, or what some call his magical powers. Here one minute, there the next. A beam of destructive light today, a cloud of poison gas tomorrow, a corrupt government official in a high position, a feeling of dread that cloaks a city, or a shower of missiles on the mother planet, Lacus. Turn to page four. Look forward to getting a choice here. Well, there's one at the bottom of this page. You're right, Skeethead. I hope we had destroyed him in the Purple Days War, which took so many lives in such a short time. I had hope, Skeethead. You did too. Skeethead nods in agreement and speaks again. Well, Commander, don't be hard on yourself. You did your best. Right now he is back in full force, seeking revenge for the renegade planets we've destroyed. His power must be strong again, or he never would have attacked. What form will he take this time remains to be seen. But what should we do, Skeethead? We can't just sit and wait. We could go right to Sector 3147-89 and check it out, but that means calling in the space vehicle for patrol. Or we could call in all unit commanders and meet with the Lacunian Congress to plan for defence and attack. If you decide to check out Sector 3147-89 immediately, turn to page 8. If you decide to call in unit commanders for a meeting with the Congress, turn to page 10. Well, let's just get right to it on this occasion. Page 8, here we go. Let's go out there and have a look, Skeethead. We'll see what he's up to this time, or at least get some clues as to what to expect next. Skeethead nods. But before you can leave, it is essential to inform headquarters of your intention. Your destination is a remote sector a remote sector of the galaxy closest to the edge of the void of Nero, a void so large that travel in the zone can be perilous. The last time you were there, you barely got out. Skeethead communicates with headquarters. His rapid and logical Martian mind lets him convey the message quickly. Ready, Skeethead? Of course, he responds. You and Skeethead move to the teletransporter for immediate dematerialization and thought speed travel. 27 minutes later, long thought, you begin to rematerialize aboard the space frigate Menton. The ship's commander is Sartan, a highly respected combat leader and orbit station commander. She is waiting by the teletransporter to welcome you. Hello, Sartan, you say as you rematerialize completely. My body needs some minor adjustments. The parts don't seem to fit together. Welcome, Commander. Perhaps one of the crew can help. No thanks. You wiggle around a bit. There it is. I've got it now. Good. What was he doing? Fixing his dick? Hmm. Interesting. Turn to page 13. You follow Skeethead and Sartan into the command room, where a 3D model of the galactic sector is displayed by laser. Sartan points to the model of the sector. So there you see it. Or rather, you don't see it. Haymog and Aruth were in their usual orbital paths, and then they weren't. Their destruction was complete. All that remained in their place was a murmur of anguish, which we picked up on the sound recorder. Sartan keys a recorder, and a haunting sound fills the room. As you stare thoughtfully at the map, an idea pops into your head. What about light? Did you pick up any light radiation, Sartan? Of course, Commander. One trail of light seems to lead toward the void. Another heads off towards the planet Follop. Which henceforth we are going to call Trollop. You look up at Skatehead, who has followed your train of thought. He has already planned the routes the two of you can take. Route 1 leads to Trollop. Route 2 to the Void of Nero. You and Skeethead confer quickly and decide on your destination. Sartan offers to supply you with equipment, a vehicle, and a droid or two to assist you on your mission. In minutes, you are ready to depart. 
If you choose to go to the Void of Nero, turn to page 19. If you choose to go to Trollope, turn to page 24. 24 it is. The planet Trollope is a part of a star system of unique configuration. Triple moons and a giant sun occupy a remote galactic space. Life forms on Trollope are non-humanoid and are considered dangerous to explorers. Space literature abounds with reports of crews that never returned from the planet or survivors who were badly mauled. Will you think they might have fucking told me this before I made the decision to fucking go here? <sighs> Recently, a humanoid colony was established on Trollope. Oh, good. Colonizers. Fuck me. Which is ideally situated for special types of agricultural study. Your cousin Colin is part of the Trollope Agricultural Research Team. The journey to Trollope is a harrowing hyperspace trip. After hours of dodging asteroids and comets, you are in orbit, preparing for a landing. But intense solar flare eruptions have knocked out contact with the Trollope base station. All methods of communication have been disrupted. Skeethead has been doing his best, but until now the results have been negative. Wait a minute, Commander. I'm getting something. What is it, Skeethead? An SOS. It's coming from a minor orbiting planet of Trollope. It's off our flight plan. If we answer it, we delay our landing on Trollope. What do you want to do? Eh, uh, well, like, what if these consul got a bunch of space weed? That, you know, they need to get rid of. I think we should help them. To be honest, Skeethead. If you decide to answer the SOS, turn to page 28. If you decide to proceed with the landing on Trollope to follow the light track and deal with the SOS later, turn to page 36. No, we're going to fuck a man up and we're going to go help these space losers. It's the unwritten rule of space, Skeethead. We can't ignore the stress signal. This is a tough sector of the galaxy. Bad wee fucking neighbourhood. In we go. The bullet-shaped droid is eager for action and prepares your space vehicle for the landing. The droid has a name, but it is tough to spell and almost impossible to pronounce. So you call him Tonto after a famous Earthling. Like the original Tonto, this droid is quiet, capable and ready to help out in a jam. You and Skeethead make expeditionary preparations, readying the radiation counters, the stun guns, the life support packs, and the communicators. With a swirl of dust, the capsule nestles down in a sandy area of this minor planet. The sky outside is a light green, and the sand a darkish brown. Vegetation at the edge of the sand area is gigantic, tropical, and dense. It is a continuous mass of tangled green. Cactus-like plants dot the green with a pale blue-gray, topped by vermilion. You key a transmit button, trying to answer the SOS call. Go to the next page. Okay. Tonto. Is that problematic now? Should we be calling somebody Tonto? Well, let's just put something else racially insensitive in there in place of that. So from here on, Tonto is going to be known as Mukhtar. This is Lacunian system rapid force to SOS call. Over. A crackle emerges from your communicator. It intensifies. Then you hear a distant, weak voice. Help. Help. Mobile Agricultural Research Group 32. We are in the jungle. Saw you land. Being attacked. Energy weakening. Not much time left. Help. This could be a trap, Commander says Skatehead. This SOS may be a decoy to lure us away from our mission. I think we should analyse the message. But is there time, Skeethead? Can we take the chance and risk our lives? 
Oh, so Skatehead is Spock. Um, I'm Kirk. Um, I dig it. If you decide to wait and analyze the tape of the message, turn to page 58. If you decide to go in right now, turn to page 55. Let's hang back on this one. We've, we flew across here in a hurry. Um, so perhaps this is a trap. Perhaps that's what they wanted us to do. Maybe there is also a possibility that I am overthinking this. So who knows? So I think we're going to analyze the tape and go to page 58. Oh, <laughs> right in the middle of the bit where the pages are falling out. So let's just hope that this isn't too difficult. Um, let's have a closer look at the tape, Skatehead. We'll analyze the voice, get a voice print and a truth analysis. Check it for humanoid or non-humanoid characteristics. Get Mokhtar to help you, Skatehead. That droid can produce amazing results. Right. You sit tight, waiting for the analysis. A fake message luring a spaceship into dangerous areas is an old trick. Your primary mission is to track, expose, and eliminate the evil power master. You are nervous that you have made a mistake by answering the SOS. But before the analysis can be completed, the message is repeated with even greater urgency. This time, it's signed Colin. That's your cousin's name. You must go. No one, no thing could have known that your cousin Colin was on the planet. Or could they? You shiver. The evil power master has amazing powers. If you want further identification, turn to page 40. If you are satisfied that it is Colin, turn to page 60. Mm. Now I'm not really sure what I should do. What I should have done was get a dice and roll that if there were ever times that I really didn't feel strongly about one of these decisions. But um, I just, I don't know. The way that this is written is making me feel like it is a trap. So um, I want to get further identification on this and I want to go to page 40. Without destroying the entire book. Oh no! Skatehead, I just don't know. This sounds fishy to me. Why would the SOS come from Colin? Too much of a coincidence. The evil power master is capable of mind reading. He could have picked up brainwaves about my cousin. So hold on, that whole bit on the last page about how nobody could know was complete and utter fucking bollocks. I feel like I've been led up the garden fucking path here. But you never finish your sentence. Wait, hold on. Did I start the sentence? Skatehead, I just don't know. This sounds fishy to me. Why would the SOS come from Colin? Too much of a coincidence. The evil power master is capable of mind reading. He could have picked up brainwaves about my cousin. I think it's too... But you never finish your sentence. A beam of energy destroys your ship. All that remains is a cloud of purple dust. The end. Well... That stinks, but let's go back and change the decision we made here last. And we're not going back to the start. I'm sure that that would obviously bore the fucking fat tits off all of you, so I'm not going to bother doing that. So um, we're happy that it is our cousin, and we're going to go to uh, we're going to go to save him now. That must be Colin. We're going in, Skatehead. We'll leave the droid Mokhtar behind. Skeethead monitors the gas content of the enveloping atmosphere. It is breathable for you and the Martian. He opens the double airlock. You step out you step out onto the powdery brown sand. The place is hot and tropical. 
bulbous storm clouds hover in the distance, lightning flashes swiftly followed by large dark blue rain raindrops. Moments later, you cross the circle of sand and stand in the tangled mass of jungle vegetation. We'll use the machete, Skeethead. Good to know that in space machetes are still de jour, de rigueur. I don't know what the word I'm looking for there is. I will speak French. I'm not girls allowed. No, wait, I am girls allowed. Forget it, forget it. It's a terrible reference. We'll use the machete, Skeethead. But before the first slash of the machete is even completed, a scaly green vine encircles Skeethead's arm. Other vines reach out, imprisoning your arms and legs. At that moment, a hurry beast, looking more like a bird than an ape, roars with anger. It stands before you, jaws snapping, then lunges towards you. The vine that holds Skeethead seems to cringe. Loosening its anaconda-like grip, it retreats quickly into the greenery. Watch it, Skeethead. That bird ape is moving. I'll radio Mukhtar. No time. We're sunk. Just then, there is a sharp, crashing sound, and the bird ape tumbles forward, hitting the soft ground. Its huge beak quivers. Its eyes rotate in astonishment. Turn to page 67. There's a nice illustration of this giant bird ape raptor Tarzan. From out of the jungle steps Colin. In his hand is an ancient relic of Earth civilization, a rifle. He smiles and moves toward, moves toward you. Colin, I thought we were supposed to be saving you. Colin smiles and greets you. Then he shows the weapon in his hands with some pride. It's an old zoologist's tool. It fires a tranquilizer. That creature will be fine in about five or ten minutes. But let's get out of here before it wakes up. They can be nasty when they're provoked. Colin points back to the jungle from which he had emerged, shaking his head sorrowfully. We were a team of eleven. Three have survived. Our space pod is inactive and we are unarmed. Who do you think is doing this? And why? I think this could be one of the evil power master's bases, Colin says. It's isolated. The vegetation provides great camouflage and I just have a feeling. Strong feeling. You nod consider Colin's idea. What should you do next? If you spend more time searching here, you might lose the trail of the evil power master in space. On the other hand, this could be a good place to start the search. It is close to Trollope and the mysterious light track. If you want to stay where you are and search, turn to page 122. If you want to go on to Trollope, turn to page 72. Well, we were going to Trollope before we came down into this. But then also the fact that I know that on that one decision branch that he blew me up stone dead while I was hanging out here it makes me not want to do that. Mm, but I'm already here so what I would do in real life is probably go with the path of least resistance and start searching where I was. So I should probably not do that. I don't know. Do I have a coin that I can flip for these? Probably not. Okay let's go for the coin toss then. And let's say... Heads, we pick the first decision. Tails, we pick the second. Oh, it's tails. So we are going on to Trollope, page 72. <sighs> you never have a chance to leave for Trollope. The birdie that Colin felled in the jungle has roused itself and its fellow creatures for revenge. They surround your spacecraft. Slowly but surely, their sharp beaks and teeth penetrate its metal skin. Colin is a good shot, but his ancient rifle is inadequate. You flee the spaceship. 
Together with your crew and Colin, you are marooned on this strange planet, left to survive as best you can. The end. Well, fuck you very much, coin. That's the last time I'll be doing that. And make this decision the right way then. Okay, so stay here and search. I feel like I'm probably just going to get whacked by that bird again. Colin describes what's been happening and why he believes it's the base of the evil power master. At first I thought it was just illness taking the men. Now I'm convinced otherwise. Everything. People. Machines. Everything breaks down. First there's an eerie silence. Then the breakdowns. Then ghostly murmurings. It's got to be the evil power master. It's just got to be. It's like what he did to the people on Earth years back. As Colin finishes speaking... A maniacal voice fills the air. Right you are. Now it's your turn. It's all over for you. For all of you. Long live evil. The end. Well, this whole SOS trip was a giant fucking mistake. That's what I get for trying to be fucking Zap Brannigan. Okay, so, um... Give me a moment to get back to the decision branch where we went off to help these cunts. And uh, next time when we get to make that decision, we'll say, fuck them. Okay, we're back. So, um, we were heading towards a planet called, that I was calling Trollop. And every single thing that we did after we went to answer that SOS got us killed. So, um, Let's go back, make this decision. I'll reread this page just to get, to bring us back into it. Bring myself back into it, I guess. Um, and you guys are along for the ride anyway, so let's go. The planet Trollop is part of a star system of unique configuration. Triple moons and a giant sun occupy a remote galactic space. Also, I've been drinking a cup of coffee throughout this, and uh, I'm feeling more and more like doing the voices and bringing a bit more <laughs> oomph to this. I started off stone, but I've been going, going at this coffee, so... Um, it might get a bit more lively before the end. Uh, just stick around, stick around. This is, a, this is a good crack. Life forms on Trollop are non-humanoid and are considered dangerous to explorers. Space literature abounds with reports of crews that never returned from the planet or survivors who were badly mauled. Recently, a humanoid colony was established on Trollop, which is ideally suited for special types of agricultural study. Your cousin Colin is part of the Trollop agricultural research team. The journey to Trollope is a harrowing hyperspace trip. After hours of dodging asteroids and comets, you are in orbit, preparing for a landing. But intense solar flare eruptions have knocked out contact with the Trollope base station. All methods of communication have been disrupted. Skeethead has been doing his best, but until now the results have been negative. Wait a minute, Commander. I'm getting something. What is it, Skeethead? An SOS. It's coming from a minor orbiting planet of Trollope. It's off our flight plan. If we answer it, we delay our landing on Trollope. What do you want to do? Well, we know what we're not going to fucking do because we learned that the hard way. If you decide to proceed with the landing on Trollope to follow the light track and deal with the SOS later, turn to page 36. All right, Punkadella files, let's go. The primary mission, our primary mission is to close in on the evil power master, you say. But Commander, it's the code of space to answer an SOS. I know, I know, Skeethead. But I am overriding tradition or laws in this one instance. Our mission is more important, much more important than one crew in trouble. We have to save millions of lives. The evil power master threatens planets all over the universe. It is your choice, Commander, and your responsibility. Please make a recording of my formal objection to your decision. As you wish, Skeethead, but I won't change my mind. We won't ignore them. 
but our first and most important mission is to track down the evil power master. We might be on a wild goose chase, searching for a light track leading to Trollope, but I stick by my decision. Skeethead nods. You see the look of concern on his face, but you are convinced that you are right. The space vehicle is in position over Trollope, and you give the order to descend to the planet's surface. Slowly, the ship moves into Trollope's atmosphere. Outside, there is the usual red glow from re-entry friction. Then, with a soft bounce of its retro rockets, the ship is down. Wow, Skeethead, look at that! Outside the thick, protective portals, you glimpse what must have once been a thriving, industrious and elegant space colony. The city, or what's left of it, smoulders in the bright light of the system's suns. Fires here and there nibble at the vestiges of buildings. No life forms are in evidence. Turn to page 42. From the looks of it, we're too late to help. Commander, this is not the trademark of the evil power master. This is conventional destruction. This is everyday war-torn mess. Looks more like the work of the Naras or their equally vicious enemies, the Budans. You nod in agreement, but something still nags at you. How about the light track we were supposed to be following? Whatever it was, Commander, it has no meaning for us now. There is nothing left. We came too late, Skeethead says, with resignation. Skeethead! We can't know for sure unless we investigate. The light must have meant something. This may be the work of the evil power master after all, and there might be survivors. One thing we do know, Commander, those people who issued the SOS still need our help. What is our next step? Listen, Skeethead, you fucking insubordinate little rat. I noted your formal objection to not going to help those bastards, but you don't know that I'm a fucking gamebook player, essentially omniscient in this universe, and I know what will happen. So, we know what we're going to do here. We're not going to complicate this. Out of the ship to look for survivors. Straight facts. Fuck those SOS people. Page 66. Come on. <clears throat> Come on. Let's see what really happened here. Follow me, you command the others. You leave the protection of the ship. Hours later, after you have searched through the devastated city, the only living creature you come across is an aged farmer. He is an exile from another colony. Condemned for a forgotten crime, he was sent to work the grain fields of Trollope for life. The former tells you that it was indeed the forces of the evil power master who struck. Don't trust them, ever. They'll use anything they can to win. Here they used fire, simple fire, to destroy. What does the evil power master want? Why? The old man looks at you grimly and speaks. Come now, that's easy enough. Power. Raw power. You're too late. He's gone. You'll never defeat him. Turn to page 70. You say goodbye to the former. Return to, to base headquarters at Lacus and report in. There is a message awaiting you from the evil power master. It reads... Foolish human, you think you can deal with me? Then try. I challenge you to a duel. Meet me in the stadium of Axum at noon tomorrow. Signed, Evil Power Master. You could have just wrote EPM. You have to agree to the challenge. This wanton destruction must stop. The next day finds you at the stadium. The evil power master has broadcast the news of the duel and crowds overflow the stadium. You arrive not full of hope, but feeling that you are a sacrifice to evil. 
In the centre of the stadium, clad in the clothes of a simple peasant, stands the evil power master. He is unarmed. He looks at you coolly, then throws his arms up to the sky. A horrible laugh spreads through the air. <laughs> Fools! I am too much for you! With a clap of thunder and a cloud of dust, the evil power master disappears. You stand alone in the centre of the stadium. You are relieved to be alive, but angry. His seeming cowardice has robbed you of the chance to do battle. Next time, you think. Next time. The end. Well, I feel like that might be enough evil power master war for one day. I am. I know now, we know now, folks, that when we sit down to do this again, that we have to not immediately go investigate and go and hang out at home base and see what's up with all those guys before um, before wind up getting killed. Because like, we never even got to really do battle with the evil power master. So um, this was the thing that bothered me about these books as a youngster. It was I never had the patience to go back and do and do again until we actually got the good out of it. Um, so now that as an adult with a bit more control over the fucking willpower, they call me the evil willpower master. Um, we'll come back to this, although I don't want to do it right now. Um, we'll come back to this or maybe I'll do alternating game book episodes and uh, we'll return to You Are a Cat in the Zombie Apocalypse Apocalypse <laughs> uh, someday soon um, if you've hung out all day thank you so much this is um, not a particularly long one and as I say such a silly idea for a podcast um, but like I refuse I refuse to believe that this is the worst podcast that anyone's ever heard so um i'll see you out all soon um looking forward to produce more punkadelic podcasts for you um in the meantime you know what it is it's the sign off that even we're not sure about peace love punkadelic